have your Bibles this morning. New things you read in Scripture this morning in the text. The Lord's going to make all things new. Now, the Lord likes new. Um, I don't know about you, uh, but my wife kind of got into uh, fixer-upper. How many of you know what that is? And then she got into no reno, demo, demo, something. I don't know what that is, but something like that. And it's taking something old and making it like new. The Lord makes things brand new. And I'm excited because it's a brand new year, 2024. And uh, this morning, I just want to draw your attention to four things that the Lord says are new. Four things that I'm going to make new or that are new right now. And something new is, is something that is fresh and exciting. It's something that maybe hasn't been that way before. Uh, so you'll notice if you would take your Bible, turn to Ezekiel, if you would, chapter 18. <clears throat> Ezekiel chapter 18. I want you to notice in this passage uh, a, a very uh, straightforward uh, promise of the Lord. A new heart. And you'll notice, if you would, <clears throat> you can have that now. Notice, if you would, in Ezekiel chapter number 18, verse number 30. Therefore, I will judge you, <clears throat> O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from your, your transgressions, so iniquity will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all your sin, transgressions, whereby you have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. And so this morning, I want to draw your attention to a new heart and a new spirit. Everybody here can have a new heart. I've been to hospitals for 40 years. <clears throat> now I've gone into those hospitals where there's a heart monitor on. And as you go in, you can see the heartbeat on the monitor. I've been standing there as a person changed from this life to the next. As you see, the line goes solid. The person had no living relatives, or if they were, they weren't interested. And I was the only one standing in the room, and I could see beep, beep. Mm. And I knew what had happened. They needed a new heart, couldn't get one. We have a little girl that parents used to be in our church. She's a year old. She needs a new heart. And without it, the Lord's going to take her to heaven. So we're praying. We try to pray often, daily and more, that the Lord Jesus would provide her a new heart. But that's not the kind of heart he's talking about here. He's talking about a spiritual heart. The one that doesn't just give you life for 70 years or 80 years or 100, but the new heart, the eternal heart, the one that gives you life forever in heaven with the Lord. And you'll notice here, he gives us the reason how we get that heart. Notice, if you would, in verse number 30, he says, I will judge you. Everybody's going to be judged in one judgment or another. There are two judgments to come in this life. Afterlife. One is the great white throne judgment spoken of in Revelation chapter 20. In verse number 12, 10, 12, and 14, 
15, it says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. So the Lord Jesus is going to be the judge of the great white throne. Now the great white throne, uh, the throne becomes uh, a great white throne because it's a judgment day. Everybody there is guilty. The judgment seat of Christ, the Lord Jesus is there. But it is the word for bema seat. It is, it is the one that a, an Olympic judge would sit in a high and lifted position, and he would monitor uh, 2,000 years ago the way all the competitors worked and to make sure no one cheated. And so uh, he was the one to reward the, goal, the, the awards that was won. He was the one that would make sure everyone was fair. And so the Lord Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ is going to take every Christian only Christians, only people with this new heart will be at the judgment seat of Christ. Now, i got to be frank with you. It's hard for me to believe about the judgment seat of Christ, that it's really going to be a, a, a time. I know it is, but I can't reason through it. This is why. I'm a sinner I've done things that the Lord told me not to do. I don't deserve to go to heaven in the first place. And somehow Jesus loved me enough to send his perfect son to die for me. And his blood, as we sang about it this morning, power in the blood, it washes away our sin. And I trusted the Lord as my Savior 56 years ago. I, I got on my knees in a little room and said, Lord Jesus, I don't deserve to go to heaven. But if you'd forgive me, I sure would, I would love to be forgiven. And I'd love to be with you in heaven one of these days when I die. But Lord, I'm asking you to save me. And that's the last time I prayed that prayer. I was born into the family of God. Now, he says, now, Dave Pittman, because you're no longer going to the great white throne judgment, your debt has been paid by my son. And so I'm going to now have you before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, the judgment seat of Christ is not Jesus looking at you like this. You should have done this. You should have done that. It's a day when he takes all the deeds of your life that you have done. The Bible says in Matthew 12, every idle word will be written down. Our thoughts, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, our thoughts will be in that book. Everything we've done, and he said, I'm going to take it and put it into a spiritual fire, and that fire is going to take out everything that you didn't do right that I paid for. And only what's left is going to be there is things you did for me. And then I'm going to give you a reward for it. I cannot wrap my head around that. I'm a sinner. I deserve to go to hell. And he's already forgiven me, and he promised to take me to heaven, and he's got a brand new heaven. We're going to see that in a minute that he's prepared for me. And he says, but now, Dave Pittman, if you'll live right, if you'll live for me, he says, I've got a reward for you. Folks, I owe him. I ought to do what's right the rest of my life because he forgave me, and no other reason. But now he says, if you do what's right, I've got a reward for you. I'm going to bless you twice. I, I, it's beyond me. 
I, only, I too only have one son. And for me to give my son to die for somebody else and then to reward them for doing what they should have done in the first place is beyond me. But you know what that tells me? How much he loves us. Now, you'll know how you get this new heart. Look here. Look here. It's real simple. Verse 30, middle of the verse. Repent and turn yourself from all your transgressions so iniquity will not be your ruin. Casting away from you all your transgressions whereby you have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit. You can have this new heart this morning. Everybody in this room, every boy, every girl, every uh, husband, wife, every single person, everybody in this room can have this new heart if you don't have it already. By this morning, you can come to this altar and get on your knees and say, Lord Jesus, it's me. I call out your name. He said, for whosoever, Romans 10, 13, shall call the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he said, I'll save you, and I'll blot out all your sins. We're going to look at that in a minute. And he says, and I'll give you a new, a new life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. What a great start in 2024 if you would trust Christ as Savior and get this new heart. And it's available for everybody. And all you have to do is notice the word here, repent and turn. Now, repent means I was going this direction. I realized I'm a sinner, and I realized I ought not to do that anymore. And Lord, I'm really sorry. We forgive me? And I go the other direction. That's what it means, simply. Now, it doesn't mean you never have a trip up because we can't live perfect. But it means I don't want to have a trip up. And then there are sometimes, did you know this? Uh, there are sometimes whenever we have a trip up on purpose, and the Lord is even willing to forgive that. How many of you have a father or a mother, or you had one? Now, that ought to be every hand, folks. I'm going to see your hand. Okay, everybody here. You had a father or mother. Now, let me ask this question. And maybe your parents were in the picture. Uh, you had, a, you had a, a home where you had mother and father there. And so uh, your father or your mother said, I want you to carry out the trash, or I want you to uh, be in by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or whatever, and you didn't do it. How many of you remember something you didn't do? on purpose that your parents told you not to do, or they told you to do something, you didn't do it. Can anybody remember something you did on purpose? Raise your hand. I see hands all over the place. Did you know he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26, for if we sin willfully, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Jesus doesn't have to go back and pay for your sin again. The debt was paid. The debt was paid from the first sin you committed till the last sin you'll commit when you die, the day you got saved. You know why? Because none of us would ever make it to heaven if he didn't forgive all the sins past, present, and future. Because he's only going to die once. And his payment is sufficient to pay it all. So when you ask Jesus to save you, he allows you to be born into his family and gives you a new heart and you got a brand new start. And so from that point on, you're the Lord's. And so this year, make this year the greatest year of your life. You're the Lord's if you've trusted him as Savior. And if not, get that new heart this morning. Now, I want you to notice, not only that, but I want you to see if you take your Bible and turn to Lamentations. And that might be kind of hard in your Bible to find it. Um, but really and truly, uh, it, it is, it is, 
in your Bible, okay? Lamentations chapter 3. Now, how many of you have ever awakened in the morning and you're kind of sad or you're having a hard time getting going and, and you just feel like maybe you've messed up last week or you didn't get something done you're supposed to get done and you're facing it again this morning? I want you to notice, if you would, in verse 21. This is Lamentations 3, 21. This... I call to my mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. So in other words, Satan would destroy every Christian in this room because he wants to hurt God and destroy you. Have you ever heard this passage in 1 Peter that said, there's a roaring lion, the devil is seeking whom he may devour, he's after you. And so everybody in this room, he is after you. And the idea is the Lord looks at him and says, no, not today. You can't have Dave Pittman today. No, leave him alone. Notice he says here, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. The Lord doesn't consume us. Satan would. And so the Lord says, leave him alone. Read the book of Job. It's all about the Lord putting a hedge about Job and saying no to Satan. And Satan actually said, you put a hedge about him. I can't touch him. And the Lord can do that for you. And you notice, he says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. Watch this. Because his compassions fail not. This year, you've got new mercies every day. You've got new compassions of the Lord every day. I I know Dave Pittman tried to do what's right, and and, and I'm going to bless him for trying. He better try harder, but but I love him, and I'm going to bless him. Notice what he says in verse 23. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. What a God. What a Savior. That he says, I've got new mercies for you. Now, mercy is something we should get, but we don't. Anybody ever been driving your car? You come over the top of the hill, and there's a police officer sitting right there. And you let off the gas. Anybody here ever done that? Don't raise your hand. I don't want you to fess up in front of everybody. But you're driving along, and all of a sudden you see the police officer, and you ease up on the foot. Anybody here ever been going a little too fast, and you let up on the foot, and, you're, and there's this pause in your heart, uh-oh, did he get me? Anybody ever had that thought, did he get me? Just, just raise your hand up with me, okay? Join me. All right. If Morgan over there did it, then everybody's done it, okay? All right. So, you know, oh, my goodness. Well, the Lord said, I got new mercies for you this morning. That is mercy. You were doing something you shouldn't have done, and the Lord didn't make you pay. That is mercy. Now, grace is the opposite. Uh, he gives us something we don't deserve. His in this passage, he's speaking about your, his mercy is new every morning. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that I haven't run out of God's mercy. My wife was a kindergarten teacher uh, for 25 years here at Temple, and she taught fourth K4. And she had a little rascal for, that was new in her class. Now, how many of you know what I mean when I say a little rascal? Anybody know what that means? Okay. Um, he, she would say left, he would go right. She would say go right, he'd go left. She'd say stand, he'd sit, vice versa. And, and so she said, 
you're on my last nerve. Does anybody know what that is? What that is? And, and uh, uh, you better start doing right because you're on my last nerve. Now, I don't know. That's a picture I can't put in my mind of getting on my mother's last nerve. I, I can't understand that. But I get the point. And so uh, she said, you go over and sit down because you're getting on my last nerve. And he goes and he turns around and he stops and he says, Mrs. Pittman said, quote, is there no more mercy? <laughs> I think he must have heard this sermon in advance. You know what? All of us could look at the Lord and say, is there no more mercy? And the Lord says to you and I, his mercies are new every morning. What a Savior. Isn't that wonderful? So you've got new mercies every morning. Uh, and I want you to notice, uh, many people just take advantage of that. And so that was the point of the little boy. He just kept pressing it and pressing it. But as he grows up, surely he learns, once he trusts Christ as Savior, what Jesus paid for him. And he would no more want mercy. He would want to say, Lord, I want to do right for you. But God says, because he knows our framework, we're frail. How many of you ever have really tried to do what's right, and you just messed up? I mean, you're really trying, but you just messed up. Let me see your hand. Okay. That's why we all need mercy. And that's why he's trying to encourage us this year. I'm giving you another year to serve me, and i got new mercies for you every day. I'm just asking you to do your best. But I've got a bucket full of mercy for everybody in this room. Uh, Lord, are your mer is there no more mercy? He said, yes, there's new mercy every morning for everybody in this room. Uh, notice, if you would, um, we've got mercy on our health. I don't know about you. I don't, know. Don't, don't, don't raise your hand, but you said, it's a new year. I'm going to start a diet. And you saw this real nice cake somebody put in front of you. Oh, we're getting ready to go on the missions trip. Mission team going to Amazon. And so uh, I try to uh, get down to a certain weight so I can work a little bit better. And so my wife knows that. And so the other night, I said, honey, I want this, this, and this, and that's it. And it was just a little bit of food. And, uh, you know, being a wife, she always wants me to eat healthy and eat good. And then uh, somebody gave us a tray of fruit on a kind of a, kind of a, uh, a real sweet something under it. I don't know what it is, but it tastes like honey. And it looks... It, with the refrigerator door closed, it says, come try me. With the floor, with the door closed, I can hear it. And so she says, would you like to have a piece of that fruit pie? No. And I'm trying to be strong. No. And she cuts a piece and lays it over in front of me. There ought to be one person at the altar this morning. <laughs> and it's my wife. Because you know what I did? I said, I'm not eating that. Another piece, I'm not eating. <laughs> I broke. I ate that piece. And it was so good. 
and it's in the refrigerator right now. And every time I walk by, come get me. Come get me. Anybody ever had that? So you need mercy. And you're trying, but you fail. Lord, I need mercy. Everybody here will need mercy if it's for health, if it's for thoughts, if it's for attitude, if it's for temper, if it's for covetousness. We all need the mercy of God. And he says, I'll give it to you every day. Now, notice with me, if you would, uh, you've got to realize in verse 25, and I love this part. I skipped verse 24. I'm going to come back to that in a minute. This is about mercy, how you get mercy. Notice this, verse 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. So if you seek trying to do what's right before the Lord, you seek him in his presence, he said, i got good things for you. I've got mercies for you. And notice, if you would, in verse number 24, the Lord is my portion with my soul saith my soul, therefore I will I hope in him. So if you put your hope in the Lord, if this morning you say, Lord, I don't have the strength to do what's right, but I'm hoping in you that you give me the strength. The Lord says, I got new mercies for you every day. But you just have to put your hope in the Lord. It doesn't mean that we always have to do what's right because none of us can but we, re, we say, Lord, I am sorry, and, and I'm not planning on doing that. And the Lord says, i got mercies for you every day. It's not a carte, carte blanche to sin. It is a forgiveness for when we try with our best. Make this year your greatest year of loving the Lord. Notice with me, if you would, not only a new heart, new mercies, but he's given us a new way. If you have your Bible turned to Hebrews chapter 10, I want you to see this. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Notice very quickly, verse number 19. And I, I love this. I've, I've, uh, it's a doctrine called the priesthood of the believer. Uh, maybe you don't understand what that is, but I hope to illustrate it to you very quickly. Notice, if you would, uh, in, in verse number 17, this is Hebrews 10, 17. And so after we've prayed and trust Christ, in verse 17, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, where forgiveness of these is, there's no more offering for sin. Jesus never has to die again. There never has to be another payment made. It's done with. And notice in verse 19, having therefore, brethren, because of the blood of Christ, because he's forgiven you of your sins, notice he says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way. Now, let me just explain that to you. In the Old Testament, there was a tabernacle. They didn't have churches in the Old Testament like we do today. We had the tabernacle. And people would come to the tabernacle and a high priest would offer a lamb for them once a year. And it would cover their sins until Jesus came and paid it all, past, present, and future. And so there was this veil, and I've forgotten how many uh, thicknesses it was, but it was all the way to the top of the tent, and then in the back there was this one ark. It was the Holy of Holies. It was a perfect cube, same width, length, and height. To imagine, to sort of 
picture of the perfection of God and had two angels whose tips touched each other. And they're overseeing the ark here, this, this uh, uh, place where the blood is applied and sin is covered for another year. The only person that could go through that veil was the high priest. And you couldn't be a high priest unless you were the tribe of Levi. You couldn't be the high priest if you were a Gentile, which is most of us in this room. Are there any Levites in this room? You are a Jew and you're from the tribe of Levi. Would you raise your hand? Nobody. So that means in the Old Testament, not one of us could go into the very presence of God and speak to him. But when Jesus died, he ripped the veil from the top to the bottom, signifying every one of my children can now come into my presence and kneel before me and talk with me. It's a new and living way. And every Christian in this room has got access to that. A new way. A new way to get to the Lord. You don't have to come to me. You don't have to come to a priest. You don't have to come to a prophet, which there are none, but you, you could come. You don't have to come to anybody like that that claims a, a, a bishop, a priest, a, a whatever it might be, a pastor. You don't have to come to any of us. You yourself have the freedom and the privilege to go to your heavenly Father if you're clean when you walk through those, that veil. Notice what he says here in verse number 20. By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, his death on the cross paid for the right for you and I to walk right into the very presence of God. Do you realize this morning, if you've been saved, that you have the privilege of going in before the creator of the universe and unload your heart. The question that I have is this, and the question that he has, will you, Dave Pittman, spend a lot more time with me this year than you did last year in my presence? Now, you might say, well, Pastor, I, you know, hey, uh, I'm trying, but, but I, I do mess up. Do you know, the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, Christians, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In other words, there's nothing between you and him, and now you can walk in to his presence. And so he says, look, I, you just can't come into our presence dirty. You have to say you're sorry. You have to make sure everything's clean. But you're not becoming a child of God again. You're just making things right between us. One is relationship is established at birth. It's forever. Fellowship is temporary. Fellowship is temporary until you do something to somebody hurt their feelings, and then you apologize, and fellowship is restored. And that's the same way with the Lord. You could now walk into his presence and sit down. You could spend a half a day with the Lord, and he would love it. I just don't know how many of us would be willing to take four hours and just say, Lord, could I just talk with you? You know, it's been my experience 
that he never tells me, I got something else to do, Dave Pittman. He's never too busy. I don't have to get on his calendar. It's a new way. The question is, this year, will you take advantage of the new way to have your prayers answered, to have your burdens unloaded? Come unto me, all ye labor that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Do you, have, do you realize, Christians, we have a new and living way this year that we can rejoice in. We have new mercies this year. We have the opportunity to walk with the God of heaven. Will you make this your greatest year? You'll notice that he says this. Look, if you would. He said in verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. He said, look, let's consider each other and try to encourage everybody to do what's right. And so he's asking you to forget about yourself and put yourself upon him and be a blessing to others. It's a new and living way. It's not me first. It's him first and others first. It's a new way. Uh, you know, you don't often see, uh, if you're watching NFL uh, a guy runs down the field, and all of a sudden he looks up, and there's the ball. He catches it, run into the end zone. I haven't seen five times him to take the ball and run back to the quarterback and say, here, and let him go and spike the ball. That's a rarity. It is a rarity for him to take that big six-foot-eight lineman that got his helmet knocked around, and, and uh, he's looking out his ear hole, and he's got his fingers all bent up, and he walks in and says, hey, I couldn't have caught this if it weren't for you. Here, you take it and spike it. Rarely is that. You know what it is? It is me, 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 me. Look at me. This new way is different than that. It's him first and others first and me last. But, oh, it's a sweet way. You have unfettered access to the king of kings. Will you use it? But now, let me just encourage you this. Remember, all of us in this room that are saved have been redeemed. We're on our way to heaven. We don't deserve it. We ought to do right because of him. But he's got one more new thing for us. Take your Bible and turn back to Revelation 21. John has been taken to heaven in chapter 4, and he's been writing about all the things that he's seen. And in chapter 21, in verse number 1, he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And notice, if you would, in verse number 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. In verse 5, And he that sat upon the throne, there he is, the King of kings, sitting on the great white throne, the judgment seat of Christ. He's the King of kings. He says, I make all things new. There's a new heaven. He's going to make the earth new. Now take your Bible, last verse, 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Notice verse 13. 2 Peter 3, 13. We're talking about new things. 
You can have a new heart. You can have new mercies. You can have a new and living way into the presence of God. And you can have a new heaven. And if you've trusted him as Savior, notice verse 20, 14, excuse me, verse 13, 2 Peter 3, 13. Nevertheless, we according to his promise. Did you get that? The king of kings that sits on the throne has made us a promise. Look what it is. Look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. In that day, you don't have to try to do right. It'll come your nature. You'll just always do what's right. Boy, I can't wait for that day. But now, because there's a struggle for me to do right, it's the proving ground to show Christ that I love him. But he says, you're not alone. You come to my presence anytime you like. Now notice, if you would, verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, that's all of us. Seeing that you look for such things, you look for a new heaven, it's going to be your eternal home. Seeing you look for such things, what is the challenge? Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace. Peace in your heart, peace with other people, without spot and blameless. Live clean. Make things right with other people. Live clean. Why? Number one, because we ought to. We owe him. But number two, he's got a new heaven, a new earth ready for us that you and I cannot imagine. I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Loving him more in 24 is our thing. It starts today. Lord, when I am weak and weary with toiling and burdensome seem thy commands, Lord, it seems to be trouble to do what you ask me to do. If my load to, sh to lead to complaining should lead to complaining, Lord, show me thy hands. Thy nail-pierced hands thy cross-torn hands. My Savior, just show me your hands. That'll be enough. Christ, if ever my footsteps should falter and I be prepared for retreat, ready to give up, if I desert and thorns cause me lamenting, Lord, Show me thy feet, thy bleeding feet, thy nail-scarred feet. Lord Jesus, just show me your feet. That'll be enough. Lord, when I'm sorely wounded with the battle and toil of the day, and I complain of my suffering, Lord, let me hear thee say, Behold my side, my spear-pierced side, my side that was wounded because I love thee. My God, my Lord, dare I show you my hands?
What have I done for thee? What have I suffered for thee? Lord, dare I show you my hands. Help me to be faithful. New things this year. They're all yours. Will you enjoy them? Just remember, we owe him, but he's a good God. And he gives us new things every day. Let's bow our heads forward of prayer. I'm going to ask the penis to play. And maybe this week you've had a struggle. And you ought to come, Lord, and say, Lord, I'm sorry I failed this week. But, Lord, I do love you. And I am sorry. Would you give me more mercy? Lord, I know your mercy is never all gone. And, Lord, maybe you're here, uh, maybe you're here today and, and you say to the Lord, Lord, I, I, I didn't realize the new and living way was so privileged for me. And, Lord, sometimes I feel like it's too hard to be a Christian. Just remind me of your hands and your feet and your side. Show me thy side. We're going to have a word of prayer. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as Savior. I encourage you to come. I'll help you get it all settled for all eternity this morning, right now, if you'll come. Maybe you're here today and you'd say this, Pastor, I'd like to be a part of the church. I encourage you to come. We'd love to have you. If you'd come this morning, we'd be glad to have you. Maybe you're here today and say, I need to be baptized. You come. We'll help you with that. Whatever the need is today, could I urge you, don't leave this morning without doing the will of God so that you can enjoy new mercies, a new way. Could you make this year your greatest year? the year that you love the Lord more than ever before? Lord Jesus, would you speak to our hearts? Would you help us to realize the new things you have prepared for us? Lord, a new heaven and a new earth, and because of that, we ought to be diligent. Lord, I pray that today you'd speak to every heart that's here, that one that's struggling to trust you as Savior, would you help them to come this morning? In your name we pray. Amen.